Hi, everybody. Hey, hey, what's up, folks? Welcome to episode two of Top to Bottom, where we take on sales' biggest issues. I'm your host, Keenan, and I'm here with Beck. Beck, are you excited the NFL season is about to start? Uh, I'm Beck, and I think NFL stands for National Football League. <laughs> Did that answer your question? Yes, ma'am. Go. Cowboys. I do know the Cowboys. Ugh, I don't even know where to go with that. That makes my stomach churn. I think, um, yeah, I think the helmet, I saw a funny thing, that the star on the helmet is a one-star rating. But with that, Min, it says How you doing? host. How you doing, baby? Doing very well. I'm ready to get this started. Get us going. What's our first topic of the day, Min? I perfect. Our first segment is email teardown. I, perfect, perfect. Um, this is the segment where we show uh, some emails or LinkedIn messages that have been sent to Beck and Keenan, and we're going to go over it and possibly tear it down. So here is our very first one. Let's see it. I'm excited for it. Right, perfect. I did grow up with Tony Hill's daughter. And he was a cowboy. Does that get you street cred? Now let's just talk about email. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> so here is the first email. Uh, the subject is your personal invite, lifetime free access to, and we redacted the company name. Um, but hi, Keenan. We have had some contact previously as I've invited you to this event a while ago. I'm pleased to be able to invite you for free to this company, a platform I've been developing for the past two years. The initial sprint will see us reach 1 million users, solely business owners, board directors, and senior professionals who are networking and helping each other's businesses and careers thrive. The link below will give you lifetime access to the platform as part of our beta program. It will close soon, so I hope you choose to become a part of what we are doing. Join free for life. Click here. Um, each Monday, you will receive an invite to log in and decide what you wish to do that week. Find a portfolio role, connect with investors, or simply connect with board-level people in certain sectors. On a Friday, this company will send you your match, helping you build your boardroom contacts. If you need any further info, just ask. I hope you join us in building the world's most equitable business networking platform. I am sure you'll get much from it. Regards, blank CEO and founder. Mm. <laughs> so, so Keenan. Uh, it seems like you're already snoring at this. Tell me your thoughts. The fuck? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Who sat down and said that was a good email? I'm sorry, it's pathetic. Reason number one, I still don't know why I should join. I have no idea why, like, why? Why would I click on this button? Why would I give you any of my time? Why would I want an email from you every Monday? That made it even worse. I'm like, oh, so you're not just going to bother me now. You're going to keep bothering me? So the first thing with these emails, there's no, I, I have no idea why, why I should do this. What's the value? What, what is going on in my life right now that would make me say, oh, I could use this. He connected it to no problem or no challenge or no issue that I'm having that I can't get solved. So after that, it's just long, stupid and boring. I mean, Beck, what have I missed here? Cause that is just dumb. 
Yeah. So my, my takeaway for that email is most of it, oddly enough, and the length is too long. I would start there. My first tip is length is it's just way too long. I mean, I've never seen Keenan fall asleep live on camera other than when I'm talking until now. <laughs> so that's my first takeaway is it's too long. But this uh, second takeaway is uh, the email starts talking about instructions of how to use it. <laughs> like not only the product itself, but like join every Monday and here are your three logins. So like, you know, heaven forbid we product centric sell, but heaven forbid we send a CS email, you know, like that one is. So like Keenan said, there's no why he should buy contextualization to, to what he's running into that you should call. Well, thank you so much for your thoughts. Uh, this next one, I think you'll both find very interesting. And I'm super excited to tear this down. I know we usually keep things anonymous, but this one, I think it was too good to do so. So I'm just going to send this out right now. Care to discuss? <laughs> I can't Keenan Keenan says at Rachel May said I should connect with you so I am with a winky face and then Beth responds never thought I'd see the day by the way this is a month after exactly a month after but Beck responds never thought I'd see the day I mean I would really get into your training but you're a little low energy for me <laughs> kidding love your stuff let me know if I could be of any help <laughs> I, Keenan, you got to defend yourself here. I know last podcast you said that Beck was the one who had a crush on you. This this was unprompted, by the way. I did not know this was happening. <laughs> what do you want me to tell you? A nice record if you reached out to me. So watch All I did was connect and announce the connection. That's I, had no, I had I had no request. I had no any, any to do for her to do. So I got no problem if someone says, hey, uh, I'm connecting and here's the reason I am. So Rachel May was the person who said I should do it. So I am. And I, I knew think she knew who I was. Great message. Overall, we got 10 seconds left. It was a great message. Short to the point. I understood it. And I connected. So good job, Keith. Hey, there we go. And you know what? It's perfect timing. I, oh, the new addition to the top to bottom podcast. Episode two is lit. <laughs> no good. My internet works. Hi, <laughs> friend. Oh, good. It's a beautiful time. Now we're going on to our next segment, which is sales mythology. Mythology, it should be. You gotta okay. trust yourself. You gotta trust yourself, man. Perfect. You had it. You just had to trust. Oh yourself. no, the the audio is live for the broadcast. It's because I couldn't hear it in live, so had to mm -hmm. sub in. But this is the um, this is the segment where we're going to talk to you about some common sales myths, and you tell me what your thoughts are. Um, the first sales myth is that I should send emails one to many. Um, Beck, would you care to tell me uh, what your thoughts are? Uh, I would say by and large, no, unless you're selling to a B2C buyer. So for my view, there's attracting demand and then there's creating demand. And attracting to demand is one to many messages about what problem you solve, hoping to attract people who already know the other problem. Creating demand is talking to people about problems that they don't know that they have about, and it's usually in a one-to-one -one fashion. You know, so I'd say one-to-many messages, just by and large, to put it in a quip, like, I can use marketing to do that. I don't need an actual sales, sales rep. And one-to-many means that I can't know anything about them in specific, because if I did, I couldn't send it to multiple people. So I'd say, you know, uh, that is definitely a myth uh, for all the wrong reasons to me that you should send one-to-many messages. Uh, what do you think, Keenan? Yeah, we're going to be a contrarian on this one a little. 
right? <laughs> Contrarian, because in gap selling, if you've properly diagnosed and understood the problems your business or company solves, the product your company solves, we've demonstrated that there's in most cases no more than four, five, maybe six um, problems that you solve. So it's not a very difficult fishing expedition. Oh my God, expedition. So I'm perfectly okay with one to many targeting those business problems. So if you if you even think you can break down a hundred um, potential customers and say, oh, I think they're gonna have this problem, and my other customers could have this problem, or you want to put two in there with root cause, I see no problem with that. And here's why: I agree with Beck that that should be marketing's job. But guess what? Marketing doesn't do it. They don't do it well. And they're going to, they're going to pitch. They're going to pitch features and functions. So it's going to be, uh, how do you say, uh, ineffective. But what you can do is, and, and a lot of sales teams don't have marketing departments. So they have to act as a marketing department. So as long as it's problem centric and you know that the people you're going to, and you've done a decent pick, mm-hmm. you want too many all day long targeting very specific problems, root causes, impacts. Do we have time for a bottle? Let's say I got 41 seconds in the car. Hey, if you want to rebuttal, let's do it. What do you think, Buck? To me, even if I agreed with you, the pattern, by and large, is 99.9% of reps do that. And so to interrupt that pattern, you would have to essentially, instead of being like, we work with people to solve this problem, if you add a blip of personalization, or heaven forbid you personalize to they have that problem and you're aware of it based on an overt indicator, mm-hmm. it's going to interrupt the pattern and get you uh, statistically, Bloom and Zygarnik went into it, 15 to 17 so, so, more responses. So I just don't think it's binary. I, I And I talk about it. I can have my A customers, I mean, A targets, B targets, C targets, et cetera. And I will, I will personalize my A's, but for my B's, I can do one too many because I believe you got to have that reach. Secondly, I will absolutely disagree with you. They think they're doing it, but nine out of 10 times, their definition of a problem is not a problem. It's a shit show. And yeah, I meant 99.9% of the time they're sending one too many messages, period. Meaning it's all relevance messages. Yes. It's, but it's but it's terrible. So so it's bad messaging, right? They haven't really done a good job of highlighting an actual problem. They haven't done a good job of, of identifying the actual impact and the root cause in that. So so yes. So what do you do with how people read emails? Because essentially, Google did a study on how you read emails, and you start at the first line, then you go to you start at two o'clock, then you go clockwise. So end of the first line, end of the last line, beginning of the last line and then middle of the body. And if you hit anything that they see as a typical sales email, any yep. of the normal jargon, yep. and one to many messaging being one of them, unless you interrupt the pattern of what a normal email is, either with a joke or with a personalization, is it the two ways that I've seen it, yep. you, you essentially, they won't read it. They won't even read to the relevance part of what problem you solve for. So what do you do with what do you do with that whenever you're thinking? One of the things I like to do for that is, and it's hard, I am going to admit it's hard, is I like to take the common sense part of the problem and put it in terms that they're not thinking about it. So why would I why would I need a rep to send that if I can send it one to many without them? If I can trigger it automatically? Because most companies aren't doing it. I, see, this is, this is the angle I'm coming at as a rep. I'm not coming at this as an organization. I'm coming at this as a rep. And yeah. one of the reasons I did better than most other people is I didn't wait for my fucking company to do it. Right. I didn't wait. So until my company's doing this shit for me and I got to make my number, you bet your sweet ass I'm doing one to many for my bees. I'll personalize, but you bet your sweet ass I'm doing it for my bees. I can't wait. So, so the stats will show. And the, the reason I'm niching in is I think one of the myths is that I should only do it for A's, but I shouldn't do it for B and C. So like if I'm working in a mid-market company, it's not like I hate 
personalization. And then I go to Dell and I'm like, oh, now I'm like, <laughs> like, love it. The math that I've seen, basically net net for B2B in specific. Now your B2C, you don't have that luxury. But the math that I've seen is, is basically, it's, it's smarter to do it from a book meetings perspective to personalize at least one blip, at least one blip and hook it regardless of the, the account size. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, we have cadences now. So I would start with a broad open cadence of one to many. And I can see myself as they dwindle down or as I get later in the cadence to go in and try to personalize. But like I said, I think this one is not as binary as we'd like it to be. Right. I mean, yeah, I'll leave it at that. All right, for sure. Let's go on to our next myth. Our next myth, uh, starting with you, Keenan, is that triggers are personalization. So when I say triggers, I mean, you know, companies that just IPO'd or just merged or whatnot. What do you hired people, this? fired people, bought a new company? Mm-hmm. I, 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 I look, this is simple to me. I'm not going to overthink this one. Is it a great trigger? No. Is it? A, is it? I'm sorry. Is it a massive personalization? No. Is it personalization? Hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. What do you think, Beck? You disagree twice. So to me, the the Google definition is going to be uh, relevance is one to many. Basically, it's it's uh, a cohort of messaging that's applicable to a group of people, and personalization is one to one traits. So to me, anything that's that's segmentable that you can put in a cadence, you know, or put in a sequence, people who downloaded content, people who IPO, people who requested them but didn't schedule one, is a, a relevance trigger only. Personalization is I can send that message to Keenan and only Keenan because okay. he's the one who wrote gap selling. Okay, okay, that's personalization. But I said it's not the best personalization, but I'm the only one. So if I just purchased XYZ company, I'm the only one who just purchased XYZ company. If we just merged, we're the only ones who just merged. Those are triggers. If we just had a layoff of 600 people, we're the only one. Like So that, that is, I, I can't differentiate. Now, is it the best one? No, but that is personalization. Yeah, those are firmographic triggers to me, which are not as liquid, to your point on binary. They're not a liquid, they're not a solid, they're a gel of like, hypothetically, it is personalization if you sub in the fact of who they acquired. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. when the IPO was. Of course, you know, Those are usually the the triggers I see done least, you know, in terms of- That's dumb. If you're going to capitalize on that, you might as well capitalize on the whole thing. It's like, hey, Beck, I saw you just um, acquired XYZ company. Way to go. Why would I ever say, Beck, I heard you bought a company? That's fucking stupid. (laughs) The reason it's still not personalization to me is regardless of who works at that company, if you acquired a company, it's one to many within the company itself of like, they all work for a company that just acquired another. Okay, watch this. So it's relevant. Let me play it out even further then. Let me play it even further. Okay. It's, it's personalization to me because if I don't sell anything mm-hmm. where a, a merger makes a difference or changes the need for my product or service, I don't reach out. So that's why in my head, it's personalization. If I sell HR software, or I sell, um, uh, I don't know, I'll just go to HR software, and I know there's a merger, that's germane to what I sell, so that is personalized. I'm not using it as I fucking sell uh, ditch digging services. I'm like, oh, hey, congratulations on the merger, and I heard you guys just bought XYZ Company. I'd like to talk about ditch digging services. No, 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 no. Then in your case, I agree with you there. That is not personalization. That is assholeism. Yeah. So that's that's a whole nother topic. I know we only have 58 seconds seconds left. But uh, to me, it, it, the, the jarring thing to me 
is that's is it smart per, is it smart relevance or is it not smart relevance? A great example is funding. You know that's relevance essentially at scale of like uh, hypothetically. But how I see it most used is like, hey Keenan, I saw that you just raised around and that you've got money. You want to buy? You want to buy me my shit because I sell shit for money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like exactly. that's a whole other topic. But I see, even by and large. By and large, for the relevance triggers, I don't see them contextualized. To your point, to why that create that trigger creates an environment where there is a new problem that you're reaching out to solve. It's just like, yes. hey, you just got money. Yes. Hey, you just acquired. You want to buy? You know, want to buy my? I don't know. That was perfect timing, back. I'm very <laughs> proud. Hey, we're going on to our next segment, which is Take It or Leave It. This segment is where we're going to uh, tell you some short uh, tactics that are uh, used and let me know whether you take it or leave it. Um, the first one for you, Beck, is reply emails when it is not actually a reply. Take it or leave it. Leave it. It's deceptive. You don't want to start a relationship off by cheating on someone. You shouldn't. So I think we have the we have the uh, reputation of being deceptive. And if it's not an actual reply email, you get the open, but for all the wrong reasons, and then they they don't trust you from then on out. So leave it. Mm. What about you, Keenan? Take it or leave it. Hundred percent. Leave it. I will leave anything that stinks, sniffs, smells like manipulation, bullshit, sleight of hand, con. I'm so fucking tired of it. I'm tired of of the professionals coming out and saying this bullshit. I think one of my competitors that's been around for 50 years says some stupid thing where they say, "Hey, um, uh, tell him John's calling. He'll know who it is, right?" <laughs> and, and this, and you're supposed to just go with that and like, "Oh, okay, right." And then they get there. Who are you? He's like, "Oh, you know, you don't know me." I'm so-and-so and no, it's deceptive. It's bullshit. Leave it. Mm -hmm. Okay. The next, next take it or leave it is outbound reach through LinkedIn direct messages. Keenan, take it or leave it. Outbound reach through. Yeah. Take it, take it all day long. Absolutely. I have no problem with the mode, whether it's phone, email, LinkedIn, freaking a sandwich board out front. I don't really care. Just do it right. We can talk about that another time. Just do it right. But hundred percent, no problem with outbound via LinkedIn. For sure. What about you, Beck? I'm a T-Vit. T-Vit? A T-Vit. I'm not a complete take it, and I'm not a complete leave it. <laughs> Third category. That's how good I, for you. How I see it normally done is, and the number one trait that I see on LinkedIn that people are complaining about is the what I would call the uh, bait and pitch. Mm -hmm. You send a connection request and you're like, I'd love to mutually connect and network and blah, blah, blah. And then they add you and you're like, want to buy my stuff? Yeah, yeah. So mm -hmm. by and large, how it's done, I am a hard leave it. Uh, it as a medium, like it's, it's, if you say effective messaging, it doesn't matter if you like write it in the sky or send it over an email, you know, or call respect uh, respectfully. There are some channels that are more effective than others. But I think as a channel, it's a great channel if it's done well. Got you. Okay, our next take it or leave it today is um, personal brand. To brand or not to brand. Beck, take it or leave it. Fucking leave it. <laughs> Explain why, Beck. First F-bomb I've said on record. Just leave it. Can we blip that out? 
we want, I'm going to blow up my Southern butt, leave it. <laughs> I, I do a webinar on the 52, 52 reasons why it will prevent you and harm you from getting to your goal of being just awesome in your craft. But personal brand is one of the biggest traps other than one to many messaging that I see for SDRs. They just get sucked in, you know, and then they stay in sales tech their whole life, unless you are a consultant. Sorry, unless you're a consultant like Keenan. So it makes sense, for instance, in the next minute and a half, if he goes extremely pro take it because he's a consultant. <laughs> unless you're a consultant, if you're a B2B SDR or account executive, it is not worth it from a quota attainment perspective to spend the time during the day, which is when everyone does it because the LinkedIn algorithm basically spikes you up if you make comments during the day. So I'm a hard, 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 leave it. Keenan, I see you're shaking your head. Tell me, tell me what you think. Take it or leave it. Beck is a career killer. <laughs> Beck is a career killer. She is like a night walker, man. She's a, a white a white walker, walking around killing people. Hey, listen, night walker, white walker. White walker, sorry, a white walker. She's a white walker. Okay, listen, everybody. This is very simple, okay? Every single one of you needs to work on your personal brand. I agree with Beck that if you think your personal brand and the effort you put in is all about getting your quota today, then don't do it. It is about developing yourself over time. Go look at Larry Levine. He posted one post a week for five years, and his life has completely changed. He was a simple account exec, so don't jump on it. He was a consultant. He worked his way there, okay? So the idea is simply this. If you're a BDR, then post once a week. Do it in the fucking morning. Put in the extra work. Don't do it during work hours. Set up a hoot suite to set out every fucking, every week or whatever. Yeah, engage during work hours, Keenan. No, yes, you don't. Engaged. No, you know you don't. I hate to break up this tense conversation, but we have another segment to go into. White Walker. <laughs> White Walker. Loves a little tension. Run. Our next segment is... The Inbox. The Inbox. I right, perfect. This segment is where we take personal questions from our audience and we get your take on it. Uh... Let me hold this up. He didn't still need it. No, not at all. I feel bad. I feel bad for all those poor SDRs who put their career in the death trap at the hands of well, the we'll And we'll have to just focus on hitting quota, which they should. Yeah. Yep. Oh, gosh. Mm -hmm. Well, the first question is actually a little repeat from last podcast because we didn't have uh, the time to go over it. But this one's from James Toomey from Zendesk. And James asks, can you give some B2B examples of how to leverage signs when prospecting? Is it best to lead with problems or to dig for signs when prospecting? Beck, what do you think about this? Yeah, so I'm assuming what he's, he's referencing is the difference between a symptom and a sign. So for context, a symptom is something that's noticed by the patient. And it's usually pain-based, and that's what will drive inbound. Like, I'm not hitting quota, and so I go inbound to get sales training, for instance. A sign is something that a doctor or an outside expert looks for that's not pain-based, but shows you that there's a deeper condition that's hurting them currently, but they don't know about. So a great example of this is uh, a lot of times I'll go and I'll request a demo you know, from, uh, from uh, someone that I'm selling to. 
and I'll just document my journey. Or I'll ask him the question of, uh, you know, whenever someone requests a demo, or, you know, are you asking them bank questions? How many are you asking them? How many meetings are you setting up? You know, first of all, and they'll tell me, you know, yeah, we're asking bank questions. They have to go through two SDRs and then book an uh, uh, appointment time with an AE. And I know that that means that they probably have anywhere from nine to 22.5 on the high end percent conversion into that person actually just gets a discovery call. But they don't know that that answer tells me that they that they have a problem. So I would look for any kind of overt indicator, process, anything that you can test for on the overt side that will show you as the expert that they have the problem before they even know it in the room. All right, perfect. Now, let me pull up this next question. This one's for you, Keenan. This one is from- Keenan, someone's got like a marker on the middle. <laughs> Keenan, why are you so mean to Becca about brand? <laughs> I'm just trying to save everybody from the like, death. You're right, little Timmy. You're right. <laughs> oh, my well, God. This question is from Mavis Hartford from Los Angeles. Um, she asks, should marketing and sales be integrated together? Why or why not? What is oh, your take? 1,000%. 1,000%. I believe that marketing should have the same goals as, as sales. So, and, and they should have a much larger, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, a variable compensation. Marketing should have a much larger variable compensation. Marketing right now, in my opinion, across the entire board is an absolute shit show. I've gone through more marketing companies. I've gone through more freaking marketing people who don't understand ROI, who don't understand what the goals are of what they're trying to accomplish. And so they all activity-based. Look at this really creative ad we created. Or look at all the, 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 the uh, memes we created. Look at all the engagement falls we got and have driven bottom line or top line in no way shape or form just a quick a quick response and i am going to call them out publicly on my blog soon i paid sixty thousand dollars to an seo company who talked to me all about roi about helping us with our keywords timing with the change of our name of our company right at the end of the six months that we did it we weren't even on the third page for most of the keywords they told us to go with. They said were the best probability and basically said, do you want to keep going? I said, why would I keep going? I'd keep paying this. Want another? <laughs> yeah, do you want another punch in the nose? And I was like, I'll keep going if we can reduce the price or you can meet your commitment of getting it. Like, no, no, no. We didn't promise you the first page. We said we could get you there, but it might take a little longer than this or that. So I said, if I do this again and pay 120 grand, I'm still on the third page. Should I be okay with that? When do you fucking look me in the face and said, oh my God, we've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars of your money and it's produced not a fucking ounce of value. We suck. When does that happen? Sorry, it's a rant. It doesn't. And that's why marketing sucks. They do not tie themselves to the outcome. They don't give a fuck. Next. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. <laughs> In seconds. I'll give my two, two blips and we close. Yeah, two seconds. Line sales and marketing, not by internal meetings, but by their KPI systems and by their lead routing and pass through. Okay, well. <laughs> thank you so much for your two cents on those topics. Uh, We're going into our next segment, which is. The challenge. All right, perfect. Um, now, this is where we talk about one uh, issue that's been. Um, pervasive across the entire sales community. Um, today's challenge is all about outbound prospecting. What still works and what doesn't? 
Beck, you care to lead us off with us? I want Keenan to lead. Is that okay? Yeah, that's perfectly fine. <laughs> Keenan, start us off. A little bit, like he's got something to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna like if you'll lead. I think uh, this is a very, very, very complicated question. And I think it's a complicated question because I think if anybody is completely, completely honest, and I trust Beck more than anybody because she's such a nerd. God, she's a nerd. <laughs> she's gone out and gotten the data, was closest to the data that, that I trust. But if and even in that, I'm not sure she's been able to nail it. But because of the pandemic, mobile phones, um, remote working, um, cultural uh, norms, changing cultural norms, particularly around um, cold calling and being interrupted, do not disturb lists, uh, on and on and on. I'm not convinced that people pick up the phone enough or, or actually read the emails enough. And they get sent to spam, et cetera. I don't even believe a salesperson has the same playing field that they once had to even start the conversation, which you can't blame the rep. If I make, I, I did a poll and I think the 50s or 60% of the people who took the poll, they had anywhere between 75 calls to over 100 calls for 10 answers. That's like, that's not sustainable. A rep cannot be expected to make a hundred, 150 calls a day just to get 10 answers. And if they have an amazing conversion rate at that level, right? Maybe they get 20% of those people, two out of every 10 to a meeting, maybe, right? So then a two out of those every 10, they'd have to have a 50% conversion rate to get them into the pipeline. And then from there, they'd have to have basically a 50 to 80% conversion rate there just to close the deal to make that worth a thousand. It's unsustainable simply because of the lack of pickup or the lack of, of, Re actually reading the email, uh, sorry, even seeing the email, sorry, even seeing it, never mind reading it. And you can't put that on salespeople. So I'll start there and let Beck jump in. Yeah. So from a data perspective, I think that it's a big struggle. A, a lot of the struggles on the science of prospecting that I think people don't, don't look at like Keenan's talking to, we can talk about the qualitative quality, you know, in a second, but essentially to, to his, uh, his point, uh, Bridge Group put out a, spat, a stat that basically uh, 40 dials will yield four connects. So a tip I would have is if you call five minutes before the hour and after the hour, after 2 p.m., increasingly throughout the day and after increasingly throughout the week, it should help on pickup rates based on the data that I've seen. If like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday are the best times to, to pick up. Uh, for email, I think uh, the two main struggles are, uh, well, first of all, deliverability. 35% of your stats, girl, with her encyclopedia, 35% of emails hit spam filters. So deliverability is a huge issue. But let's say that it is delivered, you know, for instance, decision makers are getting pre-pandemic 200 cold emails per day, post-pandemic 250 cold emails per day. So I think it comes down to how much do you stand out and not use the normal jargon that a normal sales rep says, in a normal, normal email. But to your point, you know, 30 years ago, we didn't have the problem of how do you stand out from an outbound perspective because you just drove to someone's place of work and just opened the door. Call them. Call yeah. them. Everybody picked up. Right. Everybody picked up. 
And like landlines too, you know, and now people don't have landlines. It's shifting to to cell phones, especially post-pandemic. And they didn't know who was calling. Beck, I hate to burst your bubble, but I was actually cold calling through. (laughs) <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. hold up don't tell me this is true Keenan. yeah so, dude, like, 54 30 years ago was 24 we literally had the phrase for him of when milk was a nickel when milk was a nickel <laughs> i i dude man i was born in 1968 i graduated from high school in 1986 Wait. i had my first job in the early 90s i don't know what to tell like dog i'm old as dirt you know, I, I've watched documentaries about the 60s. Just play dead, man. Play dead. <laughs> just play dead and move on. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's quantity of picking up. Now let's talk about quality. We got five minutes left. Why is the quality of the messaging the problem? What could people be doing different from an outbound perspective? Because, like, yeah. to everyone listening, they're like, okay, is outbound dead? I hope it's not because it's the only thing that I can control. So we need to go into the how because they don't have an option. So so it's funny that you say that, Beck. So I used to say it's the only thing I could control too. I was a huge outbound fan. Outbound fan. And you got to understand why. Again, back to me being an old as dirt, right? I won. When I was an individual contributor, I won. I was not afraid to make the calls. I would make them and make them and make them. And, and I would build these fat pipelines and people would keep answering. And by the way, there was no internet when I was doing this. Well, there was, but no one really used it. So when I got someone on the phone, they wanted information. I had to get up. And we had this whole station. We had to fill these manila envelopes and we put all the information in. You close them up and you put them on there. And then you send them to the mail. People would send them out. And then you make a note. You CRM to call them. Hey, did you get the information? Little newsboy sitting there. Yes, 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 yes. Extra, right? extra. It was crazy. <laughs> extra, extra. Like, so my point is. Roosevelt was president when you were doing Right. So, so truth. So what I'm saying is I agree with you, right? I was a huge fan of outbound. I won on outbound, but it's changed so much that I'm losing that piece. Now to your point, first and foremost, um, the creativity is absolutely needed. 100%. People are not creative enough. They're not spending enough time really putting the effort into these emails and asking themselves, who am I talking to? What am I asking them? I have the ask to offer ratio, right? How am I trying to pattern interrupt? What is the ask? What is the offer? Does it have value? Not enough efforts put there. But the other thing I'll add and throw back to you is I am now shifting to a place where actually I believe there is more control in inbound, even as an individual rep. You can do more to increase your inbound. With personal brand. Okay. Well, before we subscribe that of like if there's a thousand sellers at Oracle, a thousand of them can't build a brand all at the same time. But anywho, anywho, for outbound... I think that the, the two things from a high level that are missing, at least from my perspective, is back in the day, is there a hiccup or a kickback? Reality? A little bit of echo, but it's not too bad. Okay. I don't know what changed or what what caused the new problem. Oh, there we go. It's fixed. So back in the day, I think part of, part of the old approach was you didn't have to stand out. But the other part of the approach was people just knew things about their buyer. They research them. Some of that was irrelevant. They're like, mm-hmm. I noticed your daughter's allergic to walnuts, you know, <laughs> on the office episode when it's like, I'm selling paper. But mm-hmm. some of that just inherently was relevant. And so now, because we've been giving tools that will help us, and it becomes a video game, 200, 300, 400 emails, people know less things about their buyer. So I think that the first piece or, or quip that I would give is, Personalize it for no other reason that it forces you in a brief way 
to essentially personalize a know your buyer. So that would be the first thing. And I'd say the second thing that you can do to really light, light your numbers on fire is find problems that they don't know exist and find problems about that they have in specific that they don't know exist. So like, again, back to the attract demand, create demand, like you create demand by creating a new problem or creating a new buyer in initiative because they didn't know they had the problem before. So I think too many people are pain-based selling and they're like, do you have pain? And they're like, yeah, but they haven't done anything about it because the impact isn't big enough to them or it's not egregious enough. So I'm like, if you bring up the things, you know, essentially that they, the problems that they don't know that they're running into that from an out, that's how you have your buyers back. Is <laughs> you're like, Hey, did you know, like metaphorically, do you know your fly is down? You know, Hey, did you know your demo request, you know, <laughs> your button isn't working? Hey, do you know your metadata is off? And that's where outbound works again. So I, I'll close with this. I usually hear people say like, Oh, well, if you were calling someone to say that a boulder was going to crash in the room, then you would have a lot more temerity or gumption about calling them. And I'm like, so find the boulder, the boulder in, the room. in the room, 100%. Find the boulder in the room. Yep. And stop talking yep. about your product and you'll be fine. Yep, 100%. Find the boulder. How many closing thoughts, Keenan, on this subject? Um, no, I think, look, I think Beck and I um, agree. I think what salespeople, what I'm seeing across the board is a level of laziness. So, you know, what I know works from an outbound perspective is a level of creativity. And that creativity is driven uh, primarily or sits on the foundation of how much I know about the space, how much I know about the individuals, how, uh, the impacts and problems, root causes. So I did as creative as possible there. And people are just too lazy and creative. All right, perfect. Well, that's the end of this segment. We're going to our last segment, um, which is the rant. Um, this is the segment where we just uh, let us let the audience know your closing thoughts. So let's start with you, Keenan. What is your rant today? Oh, we should start with Beck. Okay, let's start with Beck. Let's start with Beck. Beck, what's your rant today? My rant is that last week my internet was down, <laughs> and this week I tripled my internet speed because I had a problem. And beforehand, if you had called me before that podcast and said. Hey, did you know, I noticed you're about to do a podcast and people won't essentially be able to hear you, you know, or see you. I would have not only bought immediately, I would have thanked that person for doing that. So find the problems that they're about to run into before they do. That's how to outbound. That's what, that's what selling. Selling is helping by finding those problems. That was so good, Beck. Did you really pay to double your internet speed? I oh yeah, I I tripled it actually. So triple so two gigs. The only question. See, this is why Beck. I love Beck. I because I'm always shocked, right? <laughs> so here's the million dollar question, Beck. You're a nerd. How have you not had strong internet up till now? Uh, I'm not a I'm not a technical nerd. Oh, okay. Technical nerd, I'm just a data nerd. Okay. I like how she brings her, her mic. Her that. Let me be clear, everybody. Let me be clear. Um, All right, Keenan, what's your rant for today? Um, look, I think my rant is this. Uh, it's an extension of what I did the other day. Uh, I'm at a place now. I'm tired. 
I'm tired of salespeople being fucking stupid. I'm tired of sales organizations being fucking stupid. I'm tired of the the um uh, what is the the arrogance. I'm I'm tired of the arrogance of sales leadership, which is funneling down to salespeople, which is funneling down to SDRs. And that arrogance is that they know how to sell. That arrogance is that they're already challenger salespeople or gap sellers or or even Sandler, and they're focused on the customer. No, you're not. You're not. Our sales culture has been has been a shit show for 50, 60, 70 years, and it's not getting any better. Everybody says they want to get better. Everybody's trying to get it better, but it's not. It's not. Customers don't want to work with us. They don't want to spend time with us. We're obnoxious. We're driven by our own goals and objectives. How do I make quota this month? How do I um, get the deal in? How do I pull it in? What's it going to take to close? If I do this for you, will you then buy the whole thing Stinks and rots. It rots. And the best example of that is every single one of you sales organizations, go take a look at your sales um, linearity. 100,000%, 98% of you see 80% or more of your sales coming in at the end of the month and the end of the quarter and at the end of the year. And that's not by accident. Here at a sales guy, I was going to change the company. Here at a sales growth company, we have zero, it is 100% linear. There is never a run at the end, a quarter, month, or whatever. It just comes in when it comes in because we don't play that fucked up sales game. There's my rant. Cut it out. <laughs> well, thank you so much for uh, both of y'all for joining this podcast. Uh, I think we've learned so much from, from this. Include, I think my biggest takeaway was the, uh, the personal brand conversation, which I hope we'll be able to have future conversations about it. I hope not. I hope not. Thank you very much, everybody. I'm Keenan. You just came through top to bottom. And I'm back. See you next time. Peace. We're out.